as far as his business, there's no plan B. I'm not planning to ever go back to, to Wall Street. And any entrepreneur who, no matter what you're doing, no matter what you're selling and what you're creating, you have to be beyond all in because there cannot be a plan B for you. And those, the, 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 one, the most successful entrepreneurs, you know, whether it's Musk or, or, or Jeff, I, I guarantee if you ask them when they first started, they didn't have a plan B. It was just like, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm not going to stop till it, till it works. And that's it. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Growth and Scaling podcast. Uh, and I today have brought a little bit of an unusual guest on. And I say that in a loving way. Tom, will you tell us who you are and what you do? Sure. My name is Tom Samuelson. I am the founder of the Braun Investor Network. I call it the first network of a social network community that links public companies and investors directly. I love it. I love it. Now, now, why why in the world would I say this is an unusual company? Because you're talking to what audience? I mean, who are you hitting today? Who do you want to hear this? Who's your audience? You know, it's uh, I, I would have said, uh, you know, maybe a couple of years ago when we first were putting this together that our audience, because of the growth and the explosion in amount of people, the, we call the Robin Hood generation. I thought my yeah. audience would be just primarily these Robin Hood traders who don't have any information. <laughs> but from what, from what we gather, because we're a global company and we were yeah. not only in the U S we're in South America and other places. I mean, our audience, you know, is 16 to 65. So it's a, anybody interested in investing, even the people that say, um, would normally maybe just buy a fund or something. They're interested in learning right. what these companies do and being educated. So our our um, our age group is just as wider than we ever thought it would be. It's 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 incredible. I love it. I love it. So so tell us what you do. I mean, th this sounds cool. I mean, but what what really are you solving here? Is it just the the separation between an investor who wants to buy a stock and a public traded company? And they just don't get what the company does. I mean, help us out here. Yeah, so it, it goes back to sort of my background as a as a you know thirty plus years on Wall Street, and then also as a you know twenty almost twenty twenty plus years as a hedge fund investor, investing right. you know, all over the world, and you know seeing that the we've always had these middlemen, what we call middlemen, banks and brokers, and. Right. What they they're they're biased. They, they they the information they put out is certainly biased to what they want you to see. Just like for example, for sure. you know, a lot of the social network companies, you know, you you log into Instagram or LinkedIn and you get you get what they want you to see, not what you want to see. So the bottom right. line is companies and uh, investors around the world want to have this connection directly. And so obviously, in, in a digital world, we decided to. Instead of doing a database or any, some some kind of website to put this in the form of a social media, and why everyone, as you know, today in the future is getting all their information from social type apps. They're not going to websites sure. anymore. They're not going. They're not subscribing to thirty thousand dollars a year Bloomberg. It's too expensive. So they're getting their right. information f almost as fast, if not faster, than the professionals on Twitter and right. other places. So that, that that that's a trend that's not going to stop. So we Agreed. decided to structure our app in the form of a social network to be, you know, to, to be where everyone is today and where everyone is going because the numbers are just getting larger and larger as the population gets younger and younger. So the bottom line is what we're trying to solve is there are many, because, you know, traditional Wall Street, traditional finance has shrunk uh, dramatically. Right. 
And there, there are more companies than ever. There are more investors than ever. A lot of companies, uh, uh, you know, 80% of the companies around the world have been orphaned. They don't have research. They don't have support. So we're here to supply this support and help them, you know, engage and get in front of uh, as many investors as possible and increase transparency, which in a sense increases volumes and it helps everyone. Wow. Okay. I love it. So, so tell us about your client acquisition. I mean, are you, are you, tapping into existing resources of databases or are you tapping into members of these organizations of these publicly traded companies to, to to chime in i mean are they are they communicating you take you talk in social network are they talking back and forth to people asking them questions or or what does this look like no so we're 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 venturing where no man has gone before in a sense because traditionally these companies only talk to the biggest of the biggest investors they don't know exactly. how to communicate with the Robin Hood generation and the and the middle the middle you know you know family offices smaller type funds whatever totally. so we're we're giving them that tool to enable them to engage with all, investors of all different sizes and how how we get there is 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 part of the journey is that we have be we have been able and lucky enough to partner with a number of stock exchanges in Europe and right. South America i mean i think we probably have more partnerships and joint ventures with stock than anybody else out there uh and it's it's something that it, it takes a long time but what yeah. it does it it helps you grow it helps you it helps you scale faster it helps you grow faster because right. you get instant credibility and we're not interested like the Wall Street banks and maybe the top five or ten percent of the biggest companies, we're interested in right. all the companies. We, you know, if, there, if there's two thousand listed companies on the New York Stock Exchange, we want all two thousand to part of our network. We don't care about the top right. one hundred. Well, we care about them, but we're not going to focus only on yeah, yeah, yeah. large companies. Okay. So all it's right. it's a, so. to use a, to use one word that's thrown around a lot. It's democratization on both sides, both on the <laughs> investor side and the corporate side. Okay, I like that. I like that. So, but what I was going to get into too is you've got because you're investor side and you're the company side, you've got to you've got to you're targeting two different people in your marketing, aren't you? I mean, you're you're trying to attract investors and say, hey, come use this resource, and you're trying to invest the company saying, hey, here's the best of the information, here's the latest stuff going on. So, go Todd, to town with it. You hit the nail on the head. This is what they call for any startup the classic chicken or the egg, right? So we have. <laughs> Exactly. So we have on one side are the corporates, which are our real clients. They're the ones who pay us. And then we have on the other side, we have two other clients, which are the large investors, institutions, and also the individual investors. So when we decided to attack this problem, it was a chicken yeah. or the egg problem because the investors won't go into an app that has no content. On the other side, right. the, the, the corporates won't participate in an app that has no investors. So we had to attack right. this chicken or the egg problem. Uh, by essentially financing and, and making sure the app was initially full of a lot of content. So right. we financed that part of the chicken or the egg to bring the investors. Gotcha. And then the, the, the idea is obviously to gain this networking effect, um, which everyone strives for. So it, we have everyone a wants it. the egg. Exactly. Everybody wants to network. Everyone wants to talk to people who are talking about the same thing they're, they're talking about, right? So this is great. This is great. Now that we understand what your business does and who is targeting and who it helps, talk to us about your business. I mean, we want to know about this growth journey that you've been on and, and how you've been able to pull this together, some highlights. You know, are there, 
a lot of people have a hard time transitioning from from being as corporate and as high level as you've been down into uh holy crap this is how businesses start <laughs> you know yeah. how has that been for you you know it was uh i've always had an entrepreneurial mindset i mean even even when i worked in finance i was always one of you know these jobs eat what you kill kind of thing uh, but right. certainly right. it was to, to give up the, the kind of compensation i was used to making for many years was uh, right. very difficult i was fortunate obviously in my in my corporate journey but I've always, I, but I had this inkling. And when I decided to, I actually started the company while I was still in asset management. And then when things started to good, move, I decided to make that jump. And smart. the one advice that I give uh, any entrepreneur, and again, looking at me, I'm certainly someone who's not a traditional entrepreneur. I'm, I'm right. Late, I'm not going to tell you my age, Todd, but I'm not, you know, age wise. At I'm least 35. <laughs> but the, what you have to understand is, I, and everyone asks me, like, how did you do it? Like, and I, like, I, the one thing is, and this is very controversial, is you can't have a plan B. I, I say it to people, they like, <laughs> what do you mean? I'm like, you can't. You can't. If you have a plan B, you're already accepting defeat. And so, right. you know, you know, I'm I'm a little bit fortunate because I have some, you know, financial, you know, things behind me, but. As far as this business, there's no plan B. I'm not planning to ever go back to to Wall Street. Right. You know, I'm right. So, and any entrepreneur who, no matter what you're doing, no matter what you're selling, and what you're creating, you have to be beyond all in because there cannot right. be a plan B for you. And those, the the, the one, the most successful entrepreneurs, you know, whether it's Musk or or, or Jeff, I, I guarantee if you ask them when they first started, they didn't yeah. have a plan B. It was just like this is what I'm going to do. And I'm not yeah. going to stop till it, till it works. And that's it. Right. Running a business, honestly, can leave a lot of founders and operators feeling lonely and isolated. If you have ever felt that way, trust me, I know what it feels like. And there is something you can do about it. You've heard a lot of our guests talk about the fact that being lonely and isolated is one of their biggest challenges in trying to run and scale their business. Captainscouncil.com. Go to captainscouncil.com right now and see what we're doing to resolve this problem. We want you to be a strong operator who has solutions and has a way to get around the challenges you're currently facing. What most founders don't understand is that you're not alone. The challenges that you're facing, likely somebody else has already overcome and they can give you the feedback you need to overcome them. Who better than your peers, other founders, other operators, who are joining with you in a small group setting, a global community setting, as well as that are in-person events to guide you through these challenges that you're facing right now. Don't give up, keep on pushing, but do it with some good advice from your peers. Go check it out at captainscouncil.com and let me know what you think about the offering. We can't wait to see you there. I, I, I totally agree, I totally agree. That being said though, you can have a plan A dash one, <laughs> which are the slight pivots. I mean, Jeff Bezos 100%. started a book a book selling company, right? And he would then went and said, oh, "Hey, there's a dash one here, and there's probably a dash two. So I think that what you're saying is exactly uh, uh, the type of language most entrepreneurs understand, which is, "I'm going to launch this, and I'm going to see what people are, are are willing to pay for this thing, and if it's working." I'm, I'm, I'm going, I'm already in, I'm going all in and I'm pushing all the way. 
But if there's not a taker, then you got to figure out what that person wants to take. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, we've already had a pivot. So uh, to give you an example, when I first started this company, again, the idea yeah. was, was it was, was a technology it was inputting technology into this communications, into the communication right. investors and companies. So in 2017, we really launched the company as a video. So we, we introduced video as a way to, for investors to connect with companies directly. This was very early in the days of video. Obviously, everyone laughs yeah. about it now, but nobody was using video. Maybe less than 1% of meetings between companies and large investors were using video. We started this. It was going well. And then, obviously, the pandemic hit, and it was a boom. Uh, and, yeah. you know, it's still video is, is still now the, the, the main has become, you know, one percent of meetings to a hundred percent. Now it's back down to let's say 50, 60 percent. It's never going back down to one percent. It's going to stay very yeah. high because video is just too efficient. So, right. but then we pivoted because we realized that video uh, has been was was commoditized, right? We had our own a proprietary video platform. No, no one wants to pay a lot of money for a video platform because Zoom is forty dollars right. or whatever. Microsoft Teams is four dollars a month. So there's no, there's no money. Right. In it. So we pivoted to this. We had already begun to start looking at more a value-added approach to this communication, and this is where the Braun cool. Investor Network app came. By the way, Braun is bridge, but in Swedish, bridge between companies and investors. I love it. I love it. No, thank you for explaining that too, because. You know, Braun is, uh, it is a bridge. I, now your logo makes a lot more sense too because you've got that bridge in your B in the Braun. And uh, I, I love it. It's a, it's a very meaningful thing because you are bridging two different worlds. And, and I think that most investors appreciate the fact that they can learn more about what they're throwing their money in. Hundred percent. That's that's one of the again we talk. I, I keep talking the the Robinhood generation. You know, there are a lot of young people yeah. trading, and they don't really know what they trade. They're just they're buying Tesla. They're buying options on this right. and that. And the right. companies want to really reach out and educate these young people. They want oh, they they want to educate all investors, and they already produce right. a lot of information. And the only ones who see this information are the large investors. And because of full disclosure, this information is available to everyone, but no one knows totally. how to access it. So part of the totally. part of the Braun mystique is we take we aggregate all this information. So we're like a, for example, an Expedia, but instead of aggregating travel information, we're aggregating publicly, you know, information on public companies to that that can educate an individual on their particular company of, of interest. I love it. Very cool stuff, uh, honestly. So as you've jumped off on your own and you've been building this company and this product, you've already mentioned you're international with it. How, how, you know, what kind of challenges are you facing with this? Because every business has its challenges, but what are some things that you just didn't see coming? Well, COVID number one, obviously no, but, but outside, <laughs> outside of the, well, COVID was difficult because, you know, when you initially start a company, you've got to be, yeah. you know, you've got face-to-face -face meetings. And I was traveling quite a bit right before COVID. I was, yeah. in, I was in China while COVID was going on in December, oh, January, wonderful. 2019 and 20. <laughs> I was in Mexico. I was in the UK, France. I was all over the place. And so COVID really was a, um, you know, a problem. And it, it yeah. created, you know, it kept me, it kept me, you know, on the ground for almost two years. Uh, that was a right. challenge. But again, as I mentioned to you, one of the things we, we were able to do early on was use the connections that I've had over the years and make connections with a sales channel and a sales channel being stock exchanges who had 
the natural connections with all these companies. Cool. So yeah. you know, the, the challenge there is that it takes a very long time to nurture these relationships. Uh, but once sure. they are nurtured, they're, 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 you know, invaluable, they're priceless. And so that was the challenge and to, to take, to decide to take the long-term approach to yeah. it, as opposed to sort of willy nilly trying to get as many companies we can on, which probably totally. would have been a little better from uh, revenue, but it definitely would, we, we would have been way behind the eight ball now because now that we have these relationships uh, things are moving uh, much faster. So the challenge was taking a long, taking the road less traveled, Todd. That's basically yeah. the challenge. Well, if you can finance it, it's always worth it, right? I mean, it's always worth it to have the best information possible. It, and sometimes when we try to shortcut because of lack of budget, it it doesn't end up being as cool of a product as you wished it would be. So I think you made the right move. I think I think it sounds like it's been Hopefully. something that's definitely paid off. Hopefully, yeah. It's it's uh it's it's been it's been a great journey, and we're still small. We're still growing. Uh, there's still a lot. Of, I mean, the opportunity still the, the opportunities are massive because you know we haven't even um, you know one percent of what we should be, and so there's there's a there's a hundred thousand plus public companies around the world. There's you know a hundred million investors if you include China and India. There's two hundred million investors. So wow. there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of opportunity. A lot I of mean, work to do. You have to think big, right? You can't think small. You got to think big. And that's that's yeah. what we're trying to do. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, who in your in your circle of people that you communicate with and, and your peers, is there someone who's been kind of a mentor as you made this transition from from being the type of in the type of profession you were into starting your own business? Yeah, as far as I, I wouldn't say there's been a mentor, but I think there's been a lot of people that I've relied on uh, in my network and that I respect very right. well. A lot of them are, you know, former fund managers that have sort of, hey, do this, do that. Like I got one one guy who is who helped me sort of more internationally uh, is yeah. a, is a friend who I've known for a very long time. A guy named Rupert Stebbings. He's he's been living in South America most of his career. He's he was, um, you know, part of the Colombian Stock Exchange, and he oh, really cool. helped in so some of the initial stages of working, how to work, how to start to negotiate with these exchanges, what to do. So I give a shout out to Rupert. He's a great guy, and uh, he's it. looking for new opportunities now. And uh, he's a very talented guy, and uh, been he was in finance thirty plus years, and uh, so very he's cool. somebody who sort of helped along. But I've had a lot of mentors throughout my life, a lot of mentors into this um, into this journey, and there's too many yeah. to mention. Not just awesome. One. Now I can appreciate that completely. I, I think we all are we all are a creation of who the people around us are, and and I think that it sounds like you've been around a lot of great people who have shaped the product. And really, the thing I love about people like you is that you have been in that role where you could see that there was a deficiency there's a need for this information that you're now providing and you're just expediting the, the process of information to people like you have been so that they can be more leveled up when they're trying to leverage their, their funds. Absolutely. And that's, that's again, goes back to that word democratization because it's not yeah. just the old boy network. Uh, the, the regulations now state that full disclosure, et cetera. So we're hopefully, you know, helping these companies 
you know, achieve this full disclosure, achieve this transparency that everyone tries to. And, and, you know, this word ESG is thrown around a lot. Um, and it's really the G of the, the, of the, of the ESG. It's really the G, which is governance. That's the key to any company. Okay. E and S are fine. It makes people feel good, but without the G, you know, your, your company doesn't perform and your investors don't get paid. They don't, they don't, they don't earn. So that's, that's really an important part of, of, uh, of what we're doing, I think. Love it. I love it. Well, my goodness, Tom, I sure appreciate your time today. This has been very, very valuable to hear about your journey and what you've been doing to help this industry that you've been such a big part of your entire life. I mean, it's, it honestly is a very cool story. Thank you, Todd. Much appreciated. Thanks for your time. It's been great. Well, thank you. And for those listening, this should be an inspiration to you. I mean, this this literally is a, a classic example of someone scratching their own itch and building a business that solves a problem that they had in their previous work experience. Very, very cool stuff. Thank you, Tom. We look forward to catching up with you on the next episode. Thanks, Todd. Hey, welcome back. How did you like that episode? I personally loved it. I love, love, love hearing from founders who don't need to start a company. I mean, financially, he's good to go. But he saw that there was a problem. He saw that there was a need and he solved it. I love that about Tom. And I love that about you, if that's you having done that in your industry. There's a lot of ways to start a business, but one of the best is to do it in an industry you're very familiar with, with problems that you know how to solve and other people you see are getting stuck trying to solve them. I love it. I love this episode. And if you have not shared this Growth and Scaling podcast with those around you, do it now. Click the share link, share this out to people who need to hear it. We are out on a mission to solve the problem with founders and operators of businesses that are stuck. They don't know where to go on their next stage of growth. And we are here to help you. These episodes are designed around bringing in the best guests who help you see that you too can get to that next stage of growth by pulling yourself out and plugging the right people, processes, and tools in to get you to that next stage. So thanks so much for being here. Share this episode with anyone you can and look into being a part of our community. We are very active. We participate a lot. Our Captain's Council is a place you want to be. If you are on this operator journey, look for details in in the comments below. Thanks for being here, and we can't wait to see you on the next episode.